Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, the story of dreams. Dreams so vivid that they actually came true. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Get access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Brand new episodes every week, advanced episodes, and everything ad-free through Apple Podcasts right now. I'm a premium subscriber over there. We like to call them EPPs, extra podcast persons. You can sign up on Apple Podcasts, try it for three days free, or... If you're not on Apple Podcasts, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com to get in on all of those extras. It's Tony and Carol with you on today's episode of the show. Have you ever had a dream that was predictive of the future? You know, I have had things happen where I don't know if I saw it in a dream or what exactly it was, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden I knew what People were going to say I knew what was going to happen next. So almost deja vu-ish, but could have been in a dream. Yeah. So I don't know how that information was in my head, but all of a sudden it's like I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And it happened. And that's happened to me a couple times. And I don't know how you know that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I could also see it happening in a dream, you know? And I do believe, like, if I was to have a really realistic dream to where it appeared to be a message, I would listen to that dream. How would you know? I think it would just be because sometimes you have dreams that are really jolting and you wake up and they just really bother you. Yeah. Or like, you know, I had a dream that I was in a horrible car wreck or something. Sure. And I was going to one certain town. Then maybe the next day I would be like, I'm not driving to that town in my car because you know i i just think that uh some dreams like that that they just bother you to your core you wake up and it's just really it seemed really real yeah i might listen to that but yeah i've had it happen a couple times where i was like this it's that weird sense of deja vu to the extreme like i knew exactly what was going to happen and it wasn't just something mundane it wasn't like Sure. I saved a life with this information. It was just nothing, but I knew it was going to happen. I I don't think I'd be good at that because my mind tends to go to like worst case scenarios a lot. And I don't, I don't really operate with that. Like, like, Oh, I'm going to avoid doing this because if I did, I think I would just be like in my room (laughs) 24 seven, but like, you just kind of got to go out and live life. But there would be, you know, like if I go, flying or something if i'm on an airplane it's like well what if i'm getting a weird feeling about this flight like no you're not you're just getting your nerves like you always do about everything but if i really followed it you know i would never get on an airplane and and all that so to me i don't know i guess i've never felt it enough to uh to truly know what uh, would be the feeling of difference between just you know anxiety uh or something that that's more than that Right, because some things, 
you know, anxiety tends to bleed over into your dreams. Yeah. So if you're anxious about something, you're going to have dreams that are super anxious and unnerving. Exactly. Frustrating, all of those things. But I just think, and you know, it's just, there's just different dreams. There's sometimes you just feel different about something. Sure. You know, like I had it happen. It wasn't a dream, but I remember it was when my grandmother died. And I remember, and I've told this story before, I was watching TV and all of a sudden it was like, I have to go see my grandma. Like this just took over. I have to go see my grandma right now. Yeah. And she was sick. It wasn't like I didn't know she was sick, but she'd been sick for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And there was no talk of she's only going to make it a few more days. We weren't there. Yeah. But, um, but I, I remember, excuse me, I got my car and the window like dropped to, so I couldn't roll it up. I'm like, I can't drive 85 miles in without having my window up because it was too cold. So then I had to go find somebody to fix it. But that's how urgent this whole thing was. Like I had to get there and yeah. I drove by on my way into town. My grandma had a farmhouse and my cousin lived in the basement. So I, I stopped there and I'm like, Hey, we need to go see grandma. And my cousin's like, what are you even doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just think we need to go see grandma and go, can, let's go. And she's like, right now? I'm like, yeah, I think we need to go. And we went and she died that night. And so I do think, I don't, I don't know how that information came to me. Yeah. It was it in a dream all of a sudden that I remembered. I don't know. I don't know. But I just remembered like being overtaken by that. What do you think that is when, when that, that connection happens there? Is that something that your grandma is you know, subconsciously communicating to you and to everybody like a beacon of like, gonna kick it soon. Anybody who wants to come, come and see me. Or is it, some, is it, or is it something that, else that's, that's drawing you there? Some other force that's saying, go see your grandma. Yeah. Like, how do you know? Like I didn't, the last thing I would have ever even wanted to think about was my grandmother dying. I think I was in denial anyway. Sure. And even though I knew she was really sick, um, you know, I was 20 something. I was in my early twenties. There's, you know, parties, there's fun, there's all that stuff. And I don't want to even think about my grandma dying. Sure. And, um, and so how that happened like that, I don't know, but it was, and it happened too. When my friend, my boyfriend, Doug got um, killed in the car wreck and I had that whole weird thing happen. Yeah. But it was just this overwhelming, I have to do this. And, Heck, we talked about it last week with a friend of mine in Abu Dhabi who did the book about my dog and it happened yeah. to her. Like, I have to put this book together for Carol from her dog. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many yeah. times people, you know, listen to that and how many times people do not listen to it. I would I think know. that. I don't know. Just go ahead and I walk think... right there, Bubbles. He's he's doing laps around the studio and just walking over the board. He has the cutest <laughs> cat. It's a cross-eyed gray cat. He's a cute little kitty. Very, very sweet. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our first story here today that, uh, in fact, does talk about dreams uh, and dive into it. It says, when I was uh, in university, there was a period of time where I had vivid, predictive dreams. Usually, they were small scenes similar to a feeling of deja vu, but different in that I could actually remember when I actually dreamt it. During a particular week, they became more frequent and detailed. They started off with trivial types of things like what the professor would have 
for presentation slides that day and what the special would be in the cafeteria. They kept progressing, culminated over a two-day period. I had awoken after having one of these vivid dreams with details of meeting a new person at a restaurant that I did not frequent. And sure enough, the next day, a friend suggested that we meet up with someone they knew at the very restaurant I had dreamt about. Not only that, but I knew the conversation that we were going to have and actually kind of freaked the guy out when he started describing his new truck and I finished the details right down to the red leather trim that he had custom installed. That night I had another dream, only this one was much darker. My friends and I were at a bar that were frequented and there was a scuffle over a few tables. A gun went off and time slowed to something out of the Matrix movie. I saw the bullet traveling towards me, spinning, spinning, and spinning. I tried to move out of the way, but to no avail. The hot metal struck the right side of my abdomen. The burning sensation is nothing I can accurately describe with words. I felt it go through my skin, into my liver, and exit my back. I awoke in sheets drenched with cold sweat. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I skipped my classes that day still shaken from my dream and worried that it was another premonition. A few of my friends wanted to go out the following evening, which was a Friday night, but I convinced them to stay in. While having a couple of beers, I told them about my dream and why I wanted to stay home. They gave me a pretty good ribbing and it bugged me quite a bit. I was able to get some sleep that night, but was still concerned about what the dream meant. The next day, I continued to stay home, refusing to even go out for groceries. And of course, that night stayed home alone as my friends went out on the town. At about 1 a.m., my roommate returned, fairly pale and almost speechless. After some prying, he said, You were right. I looked at him confused. He then told me there had been a shooting at the bar and had just missed the chair that I probably would have been sitting in. I was stunned and unexpectedly relieved. After that, the dream stopped for quite a while. I still get small ones from time to time, but nothing on the scale of that week years ago. That's, uh, yeah, that's a very creepy experience to have, especially when it comes to possibly getting shot. Right? Have you ever experienced in your dreams some sort of something horrible? By the way, the cat now is sitting on my shoulder like a parrot. <laughs> This cat is crazy. <laughs> I think this cat, like, because you, you, you were in the studio last week and you were holding the cat during the show, and now the cat thinks that, oh, doing a show, I can be held and I can just crawl all over the people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so funny because your cat was, like, all different places. Like, we, we'd we be trying to have a conversation while the cat's crawling across my back or something. Yeah. But he's so cute. Like, he's I so don't want to reprimand him. I can't him. tell him no. Um, no. But anyway, have you ever had that where... Um, this is why I need to have a camera in here. Um, but have you ever had that where, like, say you get shot in a dream or stabbed in a dream or or something of that nature? Have you ever had that, like something that you've never really experienced in real life, but in the dream yeah. you could feel yeah. it and it felt like, oh, this must be what this feels like? Yeah. And I had one not that long ago that was really weird because it was like, this is what it feels like to die. Yeah, that's and interesting. How did you die? I don't remember now. But it really bothered me for a couple days. And I think I had just, I think I was in the hospital when I was sick. 
And it was just slowly going. Like everything. And I wanted to go. Yeah. Was the other thing. Like I wanted to leave. And everybody just kept making me, you know, making decisions that was making me stick around. And I'm like, but I want to go. No, I'm going to be there if that ever happens at some point. I'd be like, damn it, Carol. No, you're not dying. I need shows done for this next week. (laughs) We're recording tomorrow. This is not okay. You need to get your ass out of this hospital bed and get back on the fucking air. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then, you know me, I'd be like, can I do it from my hospital bed? Like, yeah, I'll rig something up. That's fine. But you need to be ready to go. (laughs) Okay, Tony, I don't want to let you down. But I think that, I think in that story, is, it's kind of creepy, too, because, like, the one friend, you know, innocently enough, excited about the new truck, and then, you know, that person's kind of still in the thunder, like, yeah, and you've got leather seats, and yeah, you've got this and this and this, describing the truck. Yeah. You know, which would be weird. It would be like, that was my news. I was really excited. I bought the truck. Uh-huh. How do you know all this shit? And then the other one about the shooting, like, I do think that would be enough for me to be like, hmm, that was so creepy and seems so real. I'm not going too far. And then when there is a shooting, and you can't really say, like, where you're sitting in a bar, would you be involved? Who knows? Yeah. But the fact that it happened. That quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I, uh, so uh, I, I would. It could I, have just been. It could have been like a premonition dream, like stay away. You could die at that, or it could just be have been a premonition dream that no matter what, because that person wasn't even there yeah. when the shooting happened. So it was almost like a pre- premonition dream that nothing was going to make that stop. I would have heeded that the warning too. I think that was a good move by them to not go out. I've had that where I've, I've been shot, stabbed, you know, run over eaten by a bunch of pets, you know, from a pet land. The pet land dream is scary. For real? You had a dream where you got eaten by pets? In pet land. I was in pet land. They let all the animals out and I was eaten oh. by... I'm kidding. I made all that up. But, oh. but no. It's like, uh, oh my God, that is horrific. It's like all these cute puppies come out. It was being traumatized. And they, and they have like, like double like sharp teeth and they're like... Ah! But no, well, because the pets at Petland aren't known for their good breeding, so exactly no. But uh, they well, should I, have a double set of molars. I don't know. Shot, stepped, or, or shot, stabbed. I've had that in dreams, and I've never been shot or stabbed. But I've had it where it's like it was painful, and you wake up like, "What the hell?" I think that one of the most disturbing, uh, I guess, death type dreams that I've had was being buried alive. Like literally in the casket, nobody can hear me, and I can feel oh it God, being like lowered into the ground, horrible. and then I can hear like dirt being pushed on top, and I'm like, no. And I had that when I was a kid. I would that was a long, long time ago. It was probably like twenty some years ago. I wonder if it was one of those reincarnation dreams that kids have. You know, you hear these stories about kids yeah. knowing things they shouldn't know, or how would they know them, or. Like well, and I didn't like they yeah. think there's somebody they're not, and I don't know why I had a thought on that or fear of that. It really wasn't running through my mind very much. But I mean, that, that in in cemeteries they actually used to have bells and a string that would be attached to those who were buried, and then if they buried somebody and they weren't really dead because they, you know, it was they didn't really have much modern science, and some people can look pretty catatonically dead yeah. um, for quite some time and you may not realize it 
And, but sometimes people wake up and they'd ring the bell and then the, you know, the gravekeeper would come over and dig the person up and hopefully get him out. And I don't think they waited days to bury people. It was no. like, got to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Because so you got no place to store them. It's not whom, like there's embalming techniques have been developed. I believe the term for whom the bell tolls is um, derived from that. Oh, you think? I believe I never it is. put that together. It has to do okay. with being buried alive. <sighs> and then you ring the bell and they come and get you, hopefully. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. This thing, I mean, and there'd be times, I mean, there, there were stories, it's creepy if you dive down that rabbit hole. Because there are stories where like they, they they dug him up, but it was too late, and you can see like literally in the casket, like people trying to claw their ways out, their ways out of with their fingernails, and it's horrible, absolutely horrible. Think about that when you go to bed tonight, kids. Yeah, that's what I, now. Well, the good thing for me is that we're recording during the day, so I've got a while to go to get that out of my brain before bed. I sh- I want to start. Here's what I should totally do uh, the on the list of ideas that tony has um i'm just trying to find which is really ongoing it's Your a very never stops very long list but you know you have those like uh those calm things that people listen to sometimes to go to bed it's like you're in the forest listen to the rain there's a slight drum beat off in the back although there shouldn't be a drum beat but i can't find good music for this but something to the effect of it starts out really normal and nice and relaxing. And then eventually it leads into, and then the casket door shuts. You can't escape. You realize they're lowering your body into the ground. Just make it one of those nice <laughs> fall asleep type things. And Well, and by the coin. time you start into that, you give it like 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. So... They should be asleep, and now you're just going to force all that shit into their dreams. Totally cool. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make, like, Tony's Nightmares, or you can have any a new nightmare, new nightmare once a week. <laughs> and the thing is, there's people who would love that. Yeah. Well, when I get more time, we'll start uh, influencing people's nightmares. It's uh, It's all about having goals, kids. It's all about goals. <laughs> Uh, let's go to our next story. It says, I really value your show, so I wanted to share this story with you. I really don't know how to tell anyone else because the people that I thought I trusted to tell just laughed at me. In June of 2011, my mom and I went on a road trip to Savannah, Georgia. We love the rich history and the beautiful scenery, so we decided to get out there for an extended weekend. I just graduated high school, so I felt excited to get out of town for a bit. When we got there and we were beat, my mom made reservations at the Foley Inn, and it was a gorgeous hotel. I knew Savannah was haunted, but my mom had not told me this specific hotel was extremely haunted. She knows I'm scared to death with this type of activity. She loves it, so she figured she could get away with that. Boy, she has a lot of making up to do. It was about 6 p.m. when we walked in, and I went to look around while my mom checked us in. I wandered about until I saw the garden. I was instantly captivated by the color and descriptive landscaping. I walked around and smelt the flowers and sort of just let go in the garden. As I heard my name being called, I turned around to greet my mom when a man propped against the gate was staring at me. He was standing about eight or nine feet away by the entrance, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was odd that he had a top hat on and his clothes were aged from the 19th century. I smiled at him and he tipped his hat to me. Since I was in a hurry, I never really saw where he went after. 
I greeted my mom and said, sorry, I was so involved with the beautiful garden. There was a cool guy dressed from the 1900s out there too. He was nice. She gave me a weird look, but I thought maybe she was just getting impatient with me. I picked my stuff up and was so excited when I found out we were staying in a guarded room. It was so beautiful. It was all white with a beautiful and ornate vintage headboard. I sent myself down and looked outside to see the same gardens as before. I didn't see the man. I figured he went back to his room too. We settled in, ate dinner, came back for an early bedtime at 9 p.m. I woke up later around 2.30 a.m. to a knock at the door. I was a little muffed that someone would have the audacity to knock this early. But when I answered, no one was there. I went back to bed and woke up at 8 a.m. to have my breakfast with my mom. We were planning on exploring that day, so I remember I ate a lot. When the hotel manager asked about our first night, I explained the knocking. The manager looked at me weird and told me the housekeeping goes from 12 a.m. and the staff usually stays at the front desk if they stay overnight. Even then, she said that they would wait until morning to relay their message. My mom and I thought it was strange, but we finished our breakfast without the mention of it again. After a whole day of shopping and sightseeing, we were ready to hang our feet and have some sweet tea. We dropped the stuff off at our room and walked down the street a ways to a little cafe. We enjoyed the company of some locals and asked us where we were staying at. We told them the Foley Inn. One other older woman turns around, gasped, and said, The Foley Inn? Stunned at her response, I remember just nodding my head yes because she shocked me. She replied to my nod with, You know, you all know about the man that haunts the place, right? Mom and I looked at each other back at the older woman and replied, confused, No. She went on to tell us about how in 1987, they renovated and found human skeletal remains. It was rumored to be a businessman who mysteriously vanished. She then continued on about how it's believed by staff and locals that this man haunts the place. My mom, out of curiosity and amusement, went on to ask what this man looked like. The lady replied, Oh, honey, he was a looker in his days. Some say he's the most handsome ghost they'd ever seen. He wears a black suit, nice old top hat. He was a nice fellow. I froze cold. Mid-sip of my sweet tea, I gulped what I'd sipped so hard I almost choked. Her words echoed in my head like I couldn't comprehend what else she said, but about the top hat and that it was not that he was nice. I immediately thought back to the day before. I did notice he was attractive, but I was more focused on his clothing to realize that he was kind of cute. By the time I regained focus on my mom and this lady's conversation, it was beginning to get late. I told my mom that we should get back so we can get some sleep for another day and sightseeing tomorrow. On the way back, I told her what I had seen. She looked at me and said, I know, I've seen him too. When I was calling your name yesterday, I looked out a window and stopped when I saw him. I knew something wasn't right and that's why I was yelling your name so persistently. Needless to say, we didn't sleep very well that night and we didn't see him again. Sorry, my story was long. Thanks for all of the hard work. Thoughts on that? I think it's interesting that she saw him and didn't even for a second, like, he seems so real. That, in, like, so real, she must have thought he was like somebody just dressed up in character clothes, sure. you know? Which I think is interesting. But then the fact that the mom saw him and then somebody who they don't even know is describing him, and that's the person you saw, makes you think that you saw the ghost. 
my question is skeletal remains found in the property. Wouldn't that like smell for a long time prior to it just getting all the way down to skeleton? Like when you dump the body somewhere, I don't know how that wouldn't permeate a building to such an extreme that it wouldn't be unbearable for a matter of time. I don't know. I would think. I know eventually it just kind of mummifies and the smell goes down, but that would take a while. Because you hear that a lot. Like it was the smell that draw, you know, drew somebody over to the dumpster. Yeah. Or it was the smell. Well, I mean, how many it, times, you know, in your life has it been it, like something smells and it's like, oh, there's a, a mouse that died in your garage or something. And Now, if he was top hat days, that's been a while. So I would say that would be 1600s probably since top hats were in. Because Abe Lincoln wore top hats. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think top hats were a little. Maybe they went into the 1800s even. I think they did. Didn't they? I don't don't know. But anyway, my point being. Yeah. That it would have been a while ago that top hats were in. And so I got the feeling there was a lot of bad smells. Yeah, that's true. Because sewage would have been out of control because they don't have proper sewage. They don't have proper food disposal. You know, when you think of any city. Man, back in the day, that it would have stunk. Yeah. Because, you know, way, way back when, like, people would just, you know, they would have buckets in their house to pee in and they just dump it outside. Yeah. I, and, I, so everything smells and you, that's kind of your so norm. Maybe that might explain, you know, it would be like, oh, this place stinks. Well, it must be a dead possum in the attic or a raccoon or something. Yeah. Because you hear about, um, you know, finding bones places. So it just makes you think that it had to have stunk. At some point you know, it did. People, yeah. Even today, you know. And you find that in your... Yeah. Another one here. Uh, in an autumn day of 1991, I just turned 13 years old and we spent an entire day at the uh, pay-up autumn fair. And around 11.30 that night, we came home. This house I used to live in was in Tacoma, Washington. It had an ungodly huge cherry tree in the backyard. That night I went to bed in my bedroom and turned off the light and tried to go to sleep. I could not sleep from the excitement I had that day. I pulled the cover over my head and attempted to make my room darker so I could sleep. Something inside me told me to pull down the cover. I pulled my cover slowly and what I saw left me with fear of the dark sense. It was a figure of the woman whom I could not see her hands or face. She kept coming closer and closer to me to the point that she was just at the foot of my bed. I asked her to leave me alone, and I cursed her. I pulled my bed cover up over my head, and a few minutes later, I pulled it back down. I got up, turned on the light, and left my door open during the entire night. I eventually fell asleep, but was awoken from nothing. I could not move. I can see the entire room, hear sounds of my parents in the living room. Still, I could not move. I screamed for my parents or anyone, but no sounds came from my mouth. I finally were able to wiggle my toes. That's when I was able to move my body. I was so terrified. I don't remember whether I told my parents or not of the incident. Well, yeah, a little bit of sleep paralysis there is what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And And, and that can be absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I do think that sleep paralysis can feel very paranormal- And, you know, because I swear I've had it before and it's like, okay, if I open my eyes right now, there's somebody in the room with me. Yeah, yeah. 
and you mm. don't uh, and you uh, don't want to uh, uh, have to you know the, the concept of that is is just scary in itself of, of experience. right because you don't want to yep. open your eyes it's like even if I could open my eyes right now I don't want to because I know there's something in here yep. but then you feel like you're wide awake are yep. you wide awake I don't know it's a very weird, it, you're kind of like in this in-between being awake. Are you or are you asleep? And why can't you open your eyes? And why can't you move? And, and I always kept my eyes shut. I, I only can say I had it once. But um, I, I always had my eyes shut in that experience. And I'm glad I did not open them because I don't know what I would have seen. But I felt it. It felt weird. It felt like something was actually... I feel like a cloud was moving through me mm-hmm. as I described it. Yeah. But very weird. Yeah. And I still don't know if mine was just strictly paralysis or if there was something else. Because I did sit up. I set up and then I was paralyzed. So oh. see, I've always been like laying down. And the other weird thing is I know exactly where I am. And, you know, it's like I know I'm in my room, I'm in my bed, or it's happened to me in a hotel or someplace too. Yeah. Like, but I've always known where I was. Yeah. That part wasn't mysterious. But there's something in here that's looking at me. Very, very creepy. And it's something that you you don't have control over. I think that's what makes it even scarier. You don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You go to absolutely. bed tonight could be the night you experience it, but you don't know. And that's the unknown. I think that's that's the scariest at times. All right, that is uh, going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, be sure to become an extra podcast person, an extra podcast person, a supporter of our show. Sign up to do that through Apple Podcasts uh, right there on the subscription page. Get access to it for three days free. Get all the archive of episodes, everything commercial free, the advanced episodes. It's all there for you to binge away on right now. Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories or ghostpodcast.com if you're not on Apple. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.